Good afternoon, Renegade Nation, Renegade Talk in Las Vegas, where we don't sugarcoat shit. My name is Richie. How are you today? I'm all by myself in Studio D. Sammy had to go to a funeral for his fish that died lucky, and he's in deep shit. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Sophia, I don't know what happened to her. We'll finally, we will find out tomorrow, but I want to talk about Don Rickles. We're going to be talking about that, so... Big hit back in the uh, day. Hey, don't forget, Motor Bunny, if you really want to get your rocks off, honey, that's where you want to go. Dudes, if you're listening to this, if you listen to that commercial, you might want to invest in that. It's a lifesaver for a marriage, if you know what I'm talking about. And Sammy had a death of his little fish, Lucky, and he'll tell the story. He's pretty fucked up. (laughs) It's really a ride. Anyway, talking about funny... It's not funny today. Don Rickles, uh, the uh, comedian, uh, he was an equal opportunity offender of comedy, uh, dead at 90 today. He came out of the news that he died of a kidney failure. So I wanted to talk a little bit about this. came from the New York Times. Don Rickles, the acidic stand-up comic who became world famous, Renegade Nation, not by telling jokes, but by insulting his audience, died on Thursday at his home in Los Angeles. He was 90 years old, Renegade Nation. The cause was kidney failure said the spokesman, and for more than half a century, Renegade Nation, on nightclub stages, concert halls, on TV, Don Rickles made outrageously diversive comments about people's looks, their authenticity, their spouses, their sexual orientation, their jobs, or anything else he could think of. He didn't discriminate, and his unpleasantries were aimed at the biggest stars in show business. For example, Frank Sinatra was a favorite target, and that ordinary paying customer. So if you went to a concert and you saw him, he might pick on your wife or pick on you, and you just had to sit there and put up with it, but it was funny as fuck. His rise to national prominence in the late 60s and early 1970s roughly coincided with the success of All in the Family, if you remember that back in the 70s. The groundbreaking situation comedy, who uh, Archie Bunker was an outspoken bigot, and Mr. Rickles' uh, humor was um, transgressive, to say the least, but he went further than Archie Bunker. And while Carol O'Connor, who played Archie Bunker, was speaking words someone else had written and was invariably the butt of the joke, Mr. Rickles targeted, his targets included like fellow Jews. He never needed a script and was always in charge of that audience. So one night on learning that some members of his audience were German, he said, well, 40 million Jews in this country and I got four Nazis sitting here in front, of, in front of me waiting for the rally to start. He said that America needed Italians to keep the cops busy and the blacks so we could have cotton in the drugstore. And that the Asians are nice people, but they burn a lot of shirts. He might ask a man in the audience, is that your wife? And when the man answered yes, would respond, oh, well, keep your chin up. As brutal as his remarks were, Renegade Nation, they rarely left a mark. Quote, I'm not really a mean, vicious guy, he told an interviewer in 2000. Sidney Poitier was said to have once been offended by Mr. Rickles' uh, racial jokes, but uh, but in Mr. Warmth, 
the Don Rickles Project, a 2007 documentary uh, directed by John Landis, uh, Sidney Poitier sang, sang Mr. Rickles' uh, praises. Recalling the first time he met Don Rickles, he saw Don Rickles perform, Sidney Poitier said, he was an explosive individual. He was impactful. He was funny. And I mean, outrageously funny. Don Rickles got his first break Renegade Nation, the story goes, when Sinatra and some of his friends came to see him perform in 1957 in Hollywood, according to most sources, although Don Rickles said it was in Miami. He would say to Sinatra, make, make yourself at home, Frank. And Mr. Rickles uh, said to Sinatra, whom he never met, why don't you hit somebody? And Sinatra laughed so hard he almost fell out of his seat. Don Rickles was soon being championed by Sinatra, Dean Martin, and the other members of the show business circle known as the Rat Pack. Steady work in Las Vegas followed, but he was hardly an overnight success. He spent a decade in comedy in the comedy trenches before he broke through to a national audience. In 1965, he made his first uh, uh, first of numerous appearances on The Tonight Show, treating Johnny Carson with his trademark disdain to the audiences and Carson's delight. He also became a regular on Dean Martin's televised roast where no celebrity was safe from his onslaughts. What's Bob Hope doing here? Is the war over? That was one of the quotes. Don Rickles' wife, who he said like he would like to lay in bed, signaling ships with her jewelry, was not immune to his attacks. Neither was his mother, Etta, whom he referred to as the Jewish Patton. But off the stage, he didn't hesitate to express his gratitude to his mom for, for believing in his talent, even when he wasn't so sure. She had tremendous drive, recalled Mr. Warmth, drove him crazy, but she was like the driving force for me. He shared an apartment with his mom, did not get married until he was almost 40, Renegade Nation. And after marrying Barbara Schuyler in 1965, he saw to it that his mother had the apartment next door. His wife survives him, as, as, as well as his daughter, Mindy Mann, two grandchildren, uh, Don Rickles' son, Lawrence, died in 2011. So uh, Don was born in Jackson Heights, the neighborhood of Queens, on in 1926 to uh, to Max Rickles, an insurance salesman, and the former Etta Falbin during World War II. He honed his comedic skills while serving in the Navy, and on the ship that he said, on the ship that I went over to the Philippines, he told the New York Times in 2015, out of 300 men, I was the class comedian. And after being discharged, he followed his father into the insurance business, but when he had trouble getting customers to sign on the dotted line, he decided to try acting. So he studied at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York, an experience that he later said gave him a greater sense of himself, but he found it difficult to get acting jobs and turned to stand-up comedy. So for a while, he uh, pursued acting in comedy simultaneously, Renegade Nation. He did his stand-up act in the Catskills, and that's where a lot of comedians back in the day get their start in the resorts there, and in strip clubs, and his movie career got off to an ambitious start with a small part in the 1958 submarine drama Run Silent, Run Deep, starring Clark Gable and Burt Lancaster. But the bulk of his film work in the 1960s was in low-budget beach movies, Bikini Beach, Muscle Beach Party, and Pajama Party, all in 1964, and Beach Blanket Bingo in 1965. So by that time, his comedy career had began uh, gathering momentum, Renegade Nation, focusing less on prepared material and more interaction with his audience. He found his voice. He was not the first insult comedian. And in fact, an earlier master of the comic insult, Jackie Leonard, who was really funny too, was known to complain that Don Rickles' act was too similar to his. But he soon became far 
and away the most successful. So bookings in the 50s at the uh, Slate Brothers nightclub in Hollywood and the lounge of the Sahara Hotel in Las Vegas spread the word. And during his Slate Brothers engagement, Carl Reiner recalled in Mr. Wormth that the biggest names in show business felt that if they hadn't been insulted by Don Rickles, they weren't with it. So his appearances insulting celebrities like Dean Martin and his sparing sparring matches with Carson cemented Mr. Rickles' reputation, but his unscripted brand of humor proved an uneasy fit for weekly television. A variety show in 1968 and a situation comedy in 1972, both called The Don Rickles Show, were short-lived, as were, were Daddy Dearest, a 1993 sitcom in which he and the comedian Richard Lewis played father and son. The closest thing he ever had to a hit show, Renegade Nation, was CPO Sharky, a Navy comedy which aired from 1976 to 1978. So critics were often not sure what to make of Don Rickles. John J. O'Connor of the Times uh, wrote in 1972 that for some of his humor will always remain tasteless, while for others, it has its delicious moments of madness. Tom Shales of the Post, the Washington Post, 26 years later, was more enthusiastic, praising him as a mythic, uh, timeless, fearless, endowed by the gods with some absurd, miraculous <clears throat> gifts. But no critic, however thoughtful, uh, thoughtful, could quite explain Don Rickles' durability in show business, given that until the end of his career, he was peppering his act with slurs and stereotypes long out of favor. And yet, he not only got away with it, but he also flourished in it, Renegade Nation. His own theory was that he was being rewarded for saying things others wanted to say but couldn't. I'm the guy at the Christmas party, he said more than once, who makes fun of the boss on Friday night and still has his job on Monday morning. Although Mr. Rickles sometimes expressed regret, regret that he didn't have more of a career as an actor, he did enjoy unexpected cinematic success late in life. In 1995, Martin Zerkesi cast him in Casino with Robert De Niro and Sharon Stone, and that same year he found a new audience as the voice of Mr. Potato Head in the usually successful animated feature Toy Story, a role he reprised in his sequels. Toy Story 4 is scheduled for release in 2019, but it is not known whether Don had done any recording for it before his death. In 2011, he was the voice of a frog in the movie Zookeeper and played the long-lost husband of Betty White's character on the sitcom Hot in Cleveland. So in 2007, Mr. Rickles published a loosely structured memoir, Rickles' book. It was the subject of Mr. Landis' documentary shown on HBO, which was built around a performance at the Stardust Hotel Casino in Las Vegas shortly before it was torn down. And in 2014, he was the subject of an all-star tribute. Inevitably, it turned out to be more like a roast broadcast on the Spike Cable channel. That show included appearances by David Letterman, Jerry Seinfeld, John Stewart, Bob Newhart, whose soft-spoken style of comedy could not be further removed from Don Rickles, but who, but who, he, who he often said was his closest friend in show business. Health problems inevitably slowed Mr. Rickles down, but even after a leg infection in 2014 affected his ability to walk, he continued performing, making occasional concert and TV appearances. In May of 2015, he was one of the last guests on The Late Show with David Letterman. And as recently as 2007, the year he turned 81, Mr. Rickles had been working by his count about 70 night, 75 nights a year. Quote, the only way I would stop is if my health goes, God forbid, or the audience isn't with me anymore, he told the Times that year. Besides, I got to keep on going. My manager told me he has to put his kid through college. His kid is 10 years old. Don Rickles, Renegade Nation, uh, dead at the age of 90. So we're going to play a clip from um, Don Rickles. This is a um, 
a bunch of uh, clips put together. So I want you to enjoy this and listen to the comedic value of Mr. Rickles. It was absolutely hilarious. Everybody laughed their ass off and he never meant any harm to anybody. It was just a great comedian. Don, rest in peace. Smelling their guns. That's right, smelling their guns. I That's have... it. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, smelling the guys. There was a lot of wise guys. And then, mm -hmm. you know, everybody was Vito Bumbum, Charlie Barbarano, you know. Yeah. But it was great because if you wanted a cup of coffee, today, if you want coffee or eggs, you got to go, boom, four stamps, three vice presidents, two secretaries, right. before you get anything. Sure. In those days, doing, hey, give the kid whatever he wants, and then grab his daughter and twist her arm. <laughs> <laughs> But, <laughs> my luck, a couple of those guys will be alive and you'll yeah. see me up here like this. <laughs> now, are, are any of those uh, guys still alive? Nah, they're all dead. That's good. Thank God, because it could be dangerous if you're talking about nah, those there's guys. there's no chance they're dead. They're dead. Yeah. Are you sure? If they're not dead, I got a problem. Oh! Wow. Oh! It is now 11 o'clock, and I'm fed up and tired. <laughs> Marty, I would address... Somebody get a phone book so you can see me. <laughs> 40 million jobs in show business. I got a midget to direct me. I have regards for you, Marty, from Tony Bonini and Frankie Garzano. And they told me to tell you, you'll be dead in the morning. <laughs> Marty, you are the most annoying director I ever had. In <laughs> Little guy, he's the kind of guy in prison, was the squealer all the time. <laughs> Pulling on your pants, like going, let's do it again. I said, Marty, it's 85 times. De Niro don't have it anymore. He's busy mumbling, mumbling. <laughs> Marty, when we see all the films you did, none of them were great. <laughs> none of them. I look around the room and I realize now, aside from Clint Eastwood, I'm the biggest name here. <laughs> Clint Eastwood is now thrilled. His name was mentioned. And Marty, you'll have a great future ahead of you. Maybe instead of Jesus Christ, you'll do a story about a rabbi. A rabbi schlepping a piece of wood someplace. Be a great story. Anyway, uh, De Niro is sitting there. God bless you, Bob. He's got the beard on. To, to know him is a treat. He's one of the great actors of our time. You ask him. Uh, you ask him. He'll tell you. But Marty, from my heart, on behalf of my wife, Barbara, and I, being part of Casino was a great treat. It was a Cadillac. You are a Cadillac. To me, that is the top of the industry. <laughs> The band, it's a wall. Stop the band. I, I, I yes. What, what's, what's the occasion? What's the occasion? Tell me the occasion. Who are we honoring? What? For 
get him. Who else? <laughs> Gee, it's murder. I gotta come out here. I gotta try to do a job. Uh, 48 hours of entertainers. And, uh, hi, Bob. How are you? I spoke to the home. You're gonna sit up Friday. <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you this. Look at the astronaut sitting over here. Gene Cernan went to the moon and hasn't been straight since. Anyway, uh, what a turnout for you, Bob. Huh? Because everybody thought Dolores' album was going to be sold tonight. <laughs> Have you heard Dolores Hope sing? But it's a great night. Bob, I'm so happy for you, really. But do us a favor. Get off the air. I mean, how long? I mean, the, the soldiers, the, the Navy, they're getting tired. Every time there's a war, you're right there in Iran. They're fed up. They're fighting. You go, I want to tell you with your golf club, it's over. I'm a friend. Don't annoy people. Go, go to La Costa. Sit in the steam room. Don't bother people. Everybody made a fuss over tonight. I'm fed up. I swear. I'm fed up. It's all over, Bob. I mean, George at least has old bones, old bones. To get off, you have nothing. <laughs> then you brought out Leslie Uggams just so Jesse Jackson thinks he has a chance. <laughs> Bob, would you? <laughs> you shouldn't have danced. That's when you went bad. <laughs> and Bing, rest his soul, wherever he is, I'm sure he's in heaven now going, why? Why is this man being on it? But believe me, and thank you, Dolores, for being here tonight. But I want you to know something. His lovely wife, Dolores, keeps running after the plane. Bob, wait up! But I'll tell you this, look at those people in the balcony. You could have been sitting at Bob's table, but you didn't want to chip in. I'll tell you this. It's a great night for all of us. And George, oh, bones, oh, boom, boom. Look at George sitting there laughing at giant. I'm going to get you a woman. I'll tell you this. George's leg went up. No, I'll tell you this. It's so great, though. I think I'm working a VA hospital. I don't know where I am. My lovely wife is sitting there knowing that when I die, she's going to come into a lot of money. But I'll tell you this to you, Bob, really. This has been a great opportunity for me. I don't get many chances like this, and I want to say from the bottom of my heart, don't call me again. Really. This don't help me, Bob, really. I swear to God, look, look around at this whole crowd, Bob. Look around. There's not a friend here that loves you. I'll tell you this. Look at this. This whole table went, we love him. We love him. But I love you too, Bob, because I remember when I did your show, and when I didn't read the cue cards right, you did a beautiful thing. You hit my mother. Mr. Don Rickles. That's it? That's it. The tune is Caballero. It's not a holiday. Sit down. Good evening, Don. How are you, buddy? Frank, this is one of the most exciting nights. I'm in a tux. Ed's in a tux. George Burns, God bless you, the senior man, and this man did not figure you were big enough to dress up. <laughs> I, personally, am fed up that I'm dressed like this. Of course, the last time I was, it was in Brooklyn, when Carmine Gambonazzo said... Guido's gone. <laughs> now, 
Italians, please don't phone in. I am a Jew and you're Italians and we're all working for one cause, to find out how this girl got to look like that. That's how do you feel? Before, I feel great. Before you, before you jump all over me for a minute. Jump all over me. Frank, let me I'm say, not that lonely. I, 